Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake. As always, joined here in the studio by DJ Uncle Matt. And to start off today's show, got to start off with the big news that came out on Sunday. Um, Daniel Amesbury heading to the coast with the Fort Wayne Comets. So he'll be the second Danbury player from last year's roster to head up to the coast. So obviously, congratulations to Amesbury. Um definitely a big a big signing for Fort Wayne I'd argue uh Matt what do you think yeah it's it's interesting um you know it's it's a shame to see uh Ames kind of depart here um we had a lot of good times together and, and I'm sure we'll have some more but uh I uh you know um you know it, it it's tough it's tough to see this kind of you know, it's the result of kind of a false suspension here. Um, I don't think that, um, listen, I don't think that making comments on his own show helped him. Um, but, you know, th- this is entertainment. Um, it's always been a-, a league designed for entertainment. It went through a period where there was some rough stuff and tough guys running around willing combatants um and i think that there was some collateral for that i was standing about a hundred feet or less probably 75 feet from uh where amesbury um delivered the check to danny vanderweel right which Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately got him suspended for how many games? Eighteen. It was eighteen games. An eighteen game suspension. I think it was how many how many games through was he? Well, after the the Binghamton weekend before he signed with Fort Wayne, he would have had uh four games left. So he would have been I but I think at the time of it, he was I wanna say twelve games deep into that. So he was like if it was last year's suspension, he would have been done. But given that they were like repeat offender within a year they gave him that extra six so he had about six games left again yeah it just seems like really excessive when you watch the hit over and over it may have been a little high um it definitely wasn't um definitely wasn't a hit that came at a high rate of speed or or was inflicted at at a high rate of speed it was it was an awkward kind of speed actually and, yeah. and it looked like it was happening pretty slow um you know i i don't want to comment i'm not a doctor and i haven't seen any medical charts or anything but um you know some of the players in this league um you know even some of the coaches now who played in, in the league uh, a lot of them experienced uh, concussion issues um I don't think we hear about it today. Concussion issues, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, I don't think we hear about it as much because the teams mostly control the media. Yeah. 
um, when it was the newspapers controlling the media, and I'm probably going to have people that don't want to hear this, when it was the newspapers controlling the media, they cared about concussions. They cared about gambling. They cared about um, uh, steroids, which were at the very least setting a bad example for the next generation uh, and, and, and frankly staining the game in baseball, if you ask me. But um, when the media controlled that narrative, we'd hear more about who was dealing with concussions and that's all been kind of silenced because it, the, it's turned upside down. The teams are now putting out content and not just, not just in the federal league. It's, it's really mostly predominant in the NHL, the AHL. Um, I doubt there are many beat writers traveling to games anywhere in the AHL, except maybe an hour or two away, Bridgeport yeah. to Hartford. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, my my thought is that uh, these important things, like the 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 seizure that Danny Vanderweel suffered, and later that week, I believe a guy on Columbus, yes, also experienced the same thing. Uh, you know, maybe those guys shouldn't have been out there at all. I don't know their their the background of their history, um, but I think that. But to add to Vanderweel, though his history, he had seven concussions prior to that one. Well, so, I didn't I mean, want to say that because, but that was just something that I heard. Yeah. So Danny Vanderweel was on the ice with seven concussions. I, that's something that was told to me. I'm not going to report that as the truth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was something that we were told. He spent some time outside of hockey. Um, he was an OHL guy, I think, that had some experience in that and really took some years off, ended up in Binghamton a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Dave, the year that Dave McIsaac was the coach of the Hattricks. So the point that I'm trying to make is is uh, we're a small league, and maybe some of the oversight of these people isn't there. I think Daniel Amesbury's indefinite suspension is collateral, um, really for probably bad oversight. You know, th- these guys are dealing with concussion issues. Um, they shouldn't be out there. If yeah. Pat LaFontaine stopped playing hockey, or, you know, it wasn't because he wasn't tough. He was getting creamed every night when he played so um ultimately yeah your your body is the is the ultimate test and after a while if you're failing the test you, you shouldn't be out there and that's with no disrespect to anybody it's the, it's the nature of the, the the issue but Amesbury's out and now he's gone to Fort Wayne Comets one of the oldest hockey teams in the United States um they've been around forever and uh you know, there's there's whispers and there's some hope that uh, appearing in the East Coast Hockey League, which is affiliated with the IIHF, which is affiliated with the NHL, um, there's some hope that there'll be a reinstatement in the Fed. Um, it's out there. Uh, you know, I'm sure people are discussing it um, in, in, in their chats and on, on, on message boards. Um, if that's the case... Um, I, I think that it's probably highly circumstantial, but we'll 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 see what happens. And then um, another big news, kind of relating to the NHL, um, Lane Lambert was let go as the head coach of the New York Islanders, and to take his place, none other than NHL great Patrick Waugh um, made his head coaching debut on Sunday night against the Dallas Stars. Um, I was able to make it out to the game with Whoa, a buddy you of mine. Made it. I did. Um, we were going to go way before they even announced it. Yeah, um, right. No, I'm so serious. I got receipts too. So if you want to challenge me on that, <laughs> um, we ended up getting there. 
then we realized that we found lower bowl seats that were a little cheaper than what we had already gotten so we just went got with that sat closer and i mean just from that opening period that you know just i think first two and a half minutes they scored take a big you know one nothing lead i mean i could already see the energy was just different um second period a little sloppy third period really came back tied it up for ot and for ot we were right there on dallas's goal so you know we got to see that whole bohor vat backhand amazing finish there yeah huge finish um my my thoughts are you know listen uh it's always a show improve with a coach you know that's the nature of that's the nature of the business in in pretty much every sport um Patrick Waugh is a legend of the National Hockey League. He's to some people he's a bit of a controversial figure, just just based on the energy that he sometimes brings to the game, the tenacity, um, the the desire to win with him is very high. It can be like that with great players. You're talking about a guy who was, you know, one of the last guys. Uh, I I, you know, he was the goalie on that great Canadians team, one of the last. Probably the last, yeah, the last team to win the, the, Stanley to Cup. win the Stanley Cup. If you look at that roster, I mean, that's an all-star team. I think Chelios. Uh, maybe, maybe they won after that. I'm not sure. I think it was after that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, ultimately, um, the 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 Islanders are going to have to adapt quick. If anything's going to happen fast, he's going to have to show that he can improve the team fast. Because if he goes into next season, right. If he goes into next season and it doesn't work out for the Islanders, he's on the hot seat right away because he's probably he's going to bring in his own style, um, which there have been reports that it can kind of be brash. And if you're not winning, that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at tenacious coaches. As a matter of fact, this weekend, uh, my brother uh, who coaches the George Washington University men's basketball team, he went up against uh, UMass and their coach is Frank Martin. He's a very intense coach. He's the guy who has that quote about how the adults have changed and not the kids. Um, you know, it, the guy is a winner. He's, he's made a good team up there at UMass and he can justify uh, an often kind of hard style with results. If you're not winning, you know, if the Islanders stay the way they are, um, it's nice that they won his first game. Yeah. But if the Islanders stay the way they are, it, it, it won't be a it won't be a happy marriage. No, and I mean at the time of the recording, um, for this episode, they're gonna play against Vegas tonight at home. I know obviously in the last meeting we had Lambert as coach and lost that, I believe five to two, if not five to one. So I mean I'm not expecting a win out of tonight. I'm just expecting a way better performance in comparison to the last matchup we had with Vegas. But um, last weekend, um, obviously, the Fed was on the road. But I wanted to talk about the NAHL team first because, man, oh, man, they got the weekend sweep over the Northeast Generals. Um, Lucas Furston, he made two great appearances over that weekend. He got a shutout on Friday night, 4 nothing following that with a four to three shootout win you know pat and i are at almost every um definitely every home game for the nahl team and we can tell you that it's some good hockey and recently the guys have been playing better um way better what's their record in the last four or five games um i know at least in the last four um they're three and one so and then 
I think it's, it's impressive now. I mean, it, again, the last few weeks they've been gelling. They've had the time to go through stuff. Um, you know, they beat a a, a really good um, generals team. Yeah, a really good Northeast generals team that's ahead of them in the standings this weekend. They beat them twice. They beat them really solidly on Friday night, and they came back to win a shootout. Right. Yeah. On quarter three. On on Saturday. So. You know, we're there all the time. We're always looking for people to kind of volunteer and help out on those nights. We need uh, goal judges sometimes. Congratulations to Mike Tazi and Eddie Nitro Walsh, they call them, uh, for uh, being inducted as uh, goal judges in the North American Hockey League. And shout out to Rich uh, and his son uh, for a uh, just a great... Uh, uh, opportunity to get out there and be be gold judges this weekend so we, we always need help down at the nahl and the na3hl games yeah and um also at the time of this recording the nahl team will be in philly playing against the rebels who are just one spot above us with a 14 22 0 and 1 record we sit at eighth with an 11 23 and 1 record so i mean Obviously, if we go on a hot streak here, it'd be nice to kind of change the the standings a little bit. I don't think we'll make a big impact, but it's still definitely big improvement from you know what I've seen in the past two seasons of you know working for this team. And um, then in the federal league, obviously with our hat tricks that we're talking about, um, they played against Binghamton out there in Binghamton. Uh, and funny enough, Corey Cunningham shined on Friday night, got the game winner four to three in regulation so call that the hat-trick city effect if you want to um i know i'm definitely going to say that i think our show kind of helped <laughs> i think <laughs> it is it you that. know this is this is the the people's show and we love having uh input and and soon i think we're going to start taking call-ins for real we're going to start taking you know, we can get tazi on the phone nitro ron roquel uh, everybody who wants to contribute trench you know always hearing from joey We'll have a number posted out there um, within this week to, for anyone to call in and share their thoughts, whether it be on this team or the junior teams or what, whatever you want to tell us, we'll air it on the show. Um, and then also on Saturday, unfortunately, came down to a 6-2 to two loss, but out of that also came a six-game suspension for Chase Harwell, which with the new rules in the league results in Billy being suspended for half that time so he'll be out for three games as well um I don't know if I really agree with that rule because Binghamton has already kind of exploited the loophole with that they just named a new quote-unquote head coach to take the role during that and then when they come back Brent Sherwood will be listed as assistant coach more or less that's so that if that happens again this guy will get suspended first and Brent will take the bench over for any other game. So, I mean, again, the, this league with – I'm, I'm going to try and walk around this as best I can. Um, with these sudden rule changes, I, I feel that teams are smart enough to make ros- intelligent roster moves to keep guys in certain places so that if something does happen to them, it doesn't affect the ones that they want to be affected. You know, it's getting to be stupider and stupider. That's all I could tell you. It's just getting to be stupider and stupider around this league. You got Amesbury out. Now Binghamton creates some stupid loophole to keep their, their, their coach on the bench. I really plead the fifth on this nonsense. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then 
Next weekend, finally, a different opponent that does not have a B in their name. Got the Watertown Wolves at home. Be the only game of this weekend on the 27th at home. Um, and that weekend, uh, Kevin Clark, former New Jersey Devils PA announcer, will be announcing that game. So it's definitely going to be a nice and electric game to see. And um, I, I unfortunately won't be there. I'll be working the game in Bridgeport. So um, hope everyone there has a fun night. I know it's going to be definitely an exciting one, to say the least. Also, the NAHL team will be playing on Friday and Saturday. They'll be playing against the New Hampshire Mountain Kings. Um, so definitely come out to those, especially, you know, on Saturday. Have a nice day out at the arena. They start at 3 p.m., and then you got the game following at 7. So, I mean, come down. Come down, have a day of hockey. Uh, Matt, anything else you want to add before we get into this interview? I just I just want to, um, you know, say there's tough times and there's – um. Uh, you know, there's always a lot of controversy around Dan Barry. I mean, they made a Netflix documentary about it. I mean, uh, but I just want to tip my top top hat to all the fans um, recently. You know what? Um, there were tough times earlier in the season. The team is trying to work things out, you know, but I, I really want to just compliment everyone on how they've handled the situation with Amesbury. The guy's a fan favorite, beloved player. Uh, impact player on the ice and just to have um you know that taken away just so randomly i really like the way the the fans responded i mean uh again I, i've said it a hundred times the league's out to get danbury at this point they want to show that a, a, a rink like binghamton can be successful in this league the last two champions of the federal prospects hockey league have played in small community rinks i've said this to people and i said it on the show already and they want to start showing off the big arenas so that they can get big expansion opportunities in empty AHL, ECHL, SPHL rinks all up and down the East Coast. And um, it's it's not conducive to starting new things and getting expansion money when your champions are playing in smaller facilities. The Danbury situation is probably the best situation in the whole league, but you know, to the naked eye, it's a small community-based rink, and, um, and that's why this is happening to us. They they really want to try and mute us out here in Danbury. Um, I could not say that more or less better than you, so I'm going to leave it at that. I mean, well said, honestly. I'll I'll go with that. And um, stay tuned for our amazing interview with Sam Tetro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. This week on the show, we want to welcome Hattrick's defenseman, Sam Tetro. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm uh, doing good. How are you doing? Doing all right myself. Sam, nice to have you here. Um, it seems like you have been making an impact since you joined the team. I guess you started this season professionally in Sweden? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was pretty weird. I was playing last year, the USPHL, with my with my, you know, good buddies. And then after one game from, we were on the road, one of the guys' dad was there. And then he, my buddy comes up to me. He's like, hey, like, my dad wants to talk to you. So I come out of the bus and I see that Ohio State jacket on. And then he was a coach. I was like, all right, you know, I'm not bad at hockey, but I know no. maybe not like D1, uh, maybe not. So I go up to him. He's like, hey, like, I think you have like a potential. Like, what's your plan for next year? I was like, I don't know. I'm just. I'll go with what what I have, you know. And uh, he's like, have you ever thought about going, like, 
overseas, I was like, well, I'm I'm open to it. So he told me about Sweden. So I was like, why not? And then that's how I got there. And then I started there. It was fun, fun experience. The hockey, hockey level was pretty good, um, but it was tough uh, mentally, you know, away from everything. Um, we were in a small, small town. I would say like 3,000 people. Wow. No. How many people at the game? I would say 800. Wow. It's still that's, not bad no, for a town bad. of 3,000. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, the town. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty much what it was happening in the town. It's that the hockey games. And uh, I mean, I had my apartment, no car. Um, mm. Train was a big thing over there. Like people go on train to go everywhere. Yeah. But the days were pretty dark. I would say like I was there like about a month and a half. There was maybe a week of sun. Wow. That's it. And then decided to come back. You know, I think that we know um, here in America, you know, on the on the highest levels, the Swedes and uh, the Swe- uh, you know, Sweden and Finland, they 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 compete very high. Um, what what was the competition like in the league that you were in? Um, that was, I mean, we had one team had a goalie that played. Um, there was a Russian goalie played for the World World Cup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was like thirty. 38 you know at the end of his career but hockey level was pretty good it's it's different hockey way different it's uh more skilled uh less hits the ice is wider too so guys have more time to make plays um yeah it's way different the way they play in offense a lot too you know d will maybe sometimes both d would go down and then they're gonna run some switches weird switches and stuff so it's way harder. Tell us about uh, a little bit about your hometown and what, what what was it like over there? It seems like you played junior hockey and other levels in Canada. I'm sure AAA, and um, you know, then you also played some uh, American high school hockey here in the states, huh? Yeah. So uh, when I decided to go play um, my high school level, uh, first off, I started uh, like school was like 20 minutes away from my house, and then um, decided to move on to one of those an hour and a half. Uh, I was staying at host family there too, so I stayed there for my it's like a midget midget year, and then I had a good time. And now it was the point where I knew people going in the queue, and then others going in the U.S. And then I heard the U.S. was pretty good for hockey, and then keep school going on. So just decided to go to U.S. Started looking up, and then. Yeah, I decided to went to Hebron in Maine, Hebron Academy. Stayed there for three years. It was a it was a good time. It was, it's like the mentality is way different than back home for like how school and hockey fits. You know, like they knew we'd have games on Wednesdays, so Wednesdays were half half day school because um, we'd be on the road in the afternoon. Um, I mean, it was a school of like three hundred people, wow. very small, but like I made friends from all around the world. So now, you know, every every time I want to go somewhere, I know someone. So it's so what, cool. So what happened in that process? What were you hoping to do? Is that is that when you go to a prep school kind of from uh, Canada, when you go to a prep school in the States, is it are you trying to go the college route? Are you trying to get recognized by major junior? What's the yeah. what's the goal there? Yeah, my, my goal was to go play college. Um, but by the time that was my last season of senior, my senior year, just – starting to look like okay well where am I going like what do I want to do in college and I just couldn't find anything so 
decided to come back after because I didn't, didn't want to go to college anymore. Wow. So you, did, did you get close to going to a school? Did you? No, not really. I think my decision was made pretty early. And then also what um, switched a lot of things up was COVID happened during my last season, so we didn't play. Uh-huh. So that's like no like nobody can see you play, and then it's like, okay, well, I'm back home for a bit because like we're doing like distance and stuff. So yeah, that's also changed my, my plans. Tell me a little bit about um, just that that opportunity there when you're trying to go professional without any college experience. You didn't play in the Quebec League or anything like that. What was the process like of trying to get a professional job? Uh, I mean, obviously it was tough because like, I'm one of like, you know, you're the youngest in the team and then you have like, like you said, no college experience. But um, I think I was like mentally ready to be there, you know, just bigger hockey. And um, I also, I mean, I have an agent that also helped me, you know, through the process. But yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was pretty straightforward when I, I knew like I wasn't going to college and all right, I, I want to start pro. Wow. So when you broke up kind of with the Swedish team, what was the process like of coming here to Danbury? What was the connection here? Um, I'll be honest, my agent wow. got me here, um, knew, knew Billy, and then told me how like good of an organization it was. And then, uh, yeah, that's happened pretty quickly. You know, the fans here in Danbury and around the league, you know, they know that these are entry-level jobs in professional hockey. And um, like a lot of entry-level jobs, they don't pay quite as much as uh, you would get at the the executive level, right? But the question is, how does an agent function for you? Is it Do you pay those guys and they go find you a job, basically? Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, now because it's my first year with him, so it's different, but like they got some guys in, in the show and it's, now they get obviously like a certain part of the the contract they get out of the agency. So tell us a little bit about like you know what what back home is like. You know what your what's the name of your town you're from? <laughs> it's uh, Notre Dame de Stanbridge. Notre Dame de Stanbridge. Yeah. All right, okay. And then there's 800 people. It's a it's wow. a village. I live on I live on a farm. <laughs> farm. So home is, I I, I love home. You know. What do your par- do, do your parents operate the farm? Uh, my dad does. He's he's still the so we we're doing dairy farm part. Dairy farmer. Yeah. Wow. And then also the agriculture, but unfortunately, uh, it's a lot of stress for my dad, and uh, he's got um, heart issues. So mixed that with stress, it was right. having a tough time. So we had to sell the cows and or permit to produce uh, like certain amount of milk, uh-huh. but we still. Still help. I still help him to. We do like uh, agriculture stuff, and then he's also a truck driver. But my mom is a is a financial advisor. Wow, awesome! So. You know, um, a, a lot of people here in Connecticut. The last couple of days, I saw Dom Alessandro and our own Patrick Frenette and friend of the show Calvin Savoya. They all played some outdoor hockey. So growing up on a farm, you must have had a lot of access to skating outside. No? Yeah, yeah. We had like. I don't know. There's a lot of small villages around, but every village got their ice, their ice, the outdoor rink. Every of them, every single one of them. It's a, uh, I mean, it's pretty cool. I love, I love it. You know, you just go out there, your fingers are frozen, toes, but like you're with your buddies and just 
have a good time. So yeah, it's it's always a good time to have the other rings. So we're guessing you're a Canadians fan. Let's hear it. Let's hear. Uh, let's hear the truth. Yeah, that's yeah. that's here, tough. That's a tough call. I love in Canada, like they're they're kind of like some people. I, it's different nowadays. You know, I was just talking about, we just talking about this in the sports writing class that I now preside over here at Western Connecticut State University. It was like, you know, you you two here are way too young to remember, but back in the nineties, you know, just for example, right, the Atlanta Braves hmm. had all of their games broadcast on TBS. There was no rule against having all of your games on kind of a mainstream cable channel. So, for example, like um, the, the Atlanta Hawks were owned by Ted Turner. Turner broadcast the Hawks and the Braves on, he also broadcast WCW, all on TBS, right? Mm-hmm. But nowadays you can't do that. It, it has to be like some kind of regional sports thing. You, could, you can't have a deal with a main. But out of that, comes so many people that I have met through the years. New York, I met a kid today from Connecticut in the class who they are um, Atlanta Braves fans. Mm. And it's probably because their dad watched the Atlanta Braves on TV. So I'm always interested because I feel like Americans watch their home team. Canadians really watch the whole league. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, we watch watch a lot of games, but obviously it's like, I have a little something for the Habs, you know, but they're having always a tough time, um, so it's always a little bit annoying. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's they got a piece of my heart in there. But um, I would say it's hard to find teams that I like. Uh, I would say Vegas is one of them, especially out of the thoughts of like team that comes out with guys that were like rejected. I would say like from their yeah. teams and comes out being one of the best teams in the league and then go for the Stanley Cup run and stuff stuff like that so it's I love the, like, the idea of that and then but like, I I would love to follow Fleury goalie Marc-Andre Fleury just mm. the way he loves the game he plays just you can tell he's enjoying it that just there's something that gets me with that it's just like I love watching him so that, that's more or less your favorite player to watch in the league you'd say yeah I mean I know it's I'm a defenseman I'm looking at a goalie <laughs> But it's just the passion when he's playing. It's just something very, very fun to watch. And was there anything like growing up for you that kind of influenced you? Minus area that made you a Habs fan. Did your parents watch that or no? Oh, I mean, for sure. My my mom was a Habs fan. Okay. So that's that's a you know that fixed a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, we always had our like Saturday night, Friday night at home watching the the Habs game after after dinner. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Habs is, it's always fun to watch them. You know, you can tell, and like when you go in the building too, like the fans are like are into it. Like they're gonna have a lot of emotions, and I think that's why it's always fun to go to a game too. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the you know the atmosphere at games like that. I mean, um, but kind of for you, were there any players on like Habs teams that you watched growing up that kind of got you into really wanting to play the sport and pursue it? Honestly, not really. Um, <laughs> I just, I was like four years old when I started skating and I just went with it. Um, yeah. Starting, you know, youth teams and even my mom would be coaching with another parent. And then, uh, no, I didn't really have any abs player that I would be looking up to. Or um, even any player growing up. I mean, obviously Carson, Eric Carson, uh, I love his style. Yeah. You know, defenseman that can do 
literally everything. Mm. Um, yeah, him and Hedman, Victor Hedman's pretty oh, yeah. good. I love this. The fact he's a big guy, but still get put up points, going offense as well as being defensive D-man. Um, yeah, like the two-way defenseman thing. I I love those guys. No, big time. Was your father a hockey player? Did he play at all? No, never played at all. Wow. Never. Just just help on the farm and then... Yeah, those farm boys, they don't really do much <laughs> but work. It's, it's often, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can tell you that my dad is a hardworking man again. It's, uh, it's something, yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about... Um, you know, you're you're a guy that, um, like you said, you, you kind of bypassed that major junior thing. You bypassed the college thing. It, do, do you get into competitive skates and work with coaches back home? Is that is that something that you do? Yeah, yeah. Like summertime is usually where. Yeah, the um, off season time. Yeah, I mean. off season. Yeah, I had my one of the coach back home. Uh, we do like it's like semi private classes where like eight guys on the ice and it's like mostly demand and then we'd be working on stuff uh yeah i've done that for like four four or five years now every summer um for sure helped a lot and then also got into some programs for workouts um during summertime to to get get better yeah tell me a little bit about um you know just being here now you know the you, you played some high school hockey and you, you said you, you aren't the only um Danbury connection to Fort Wayne, uh, Indiana. Now, as you played uh, in the United States Premier Hockey League, which is a junior league with the uh, Fort Wayne Spacemen, uh, what can you tell the you know the listeners of Hattrick City about Fort Wayne? You said you had a good time out there. Yeah, I mean, I went once to a Comets game, and it was wild. You know, <laughs> the fans are going at it. Um, obviously, I think Indian have a good time over there. You know, they obviously they love any. Like rough time, you know, rough, rough hits or you know fights and stuff like that, which is great. Uh, but I mean, Fort Wayne is was a great time, you know, the, especially the the group of guys that was there. I think I was blessed to be with those guys because now they're all you know college and everything. But it was so fun, like just. <clears throat> I mean, it's junior hockey, you know. It's just yeah. you play hockey and then after you just hang out with the guys and have fun. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know. Uh, since you've been here, you know, we, we try to ask guys that th there's time on the ice and there's practice and, you know, um, everybody, every individual, you know, is, is always changing. How do you feel you've you've kind of changed in your time here? Is there any changes you've seen, things you've learned in, in your, how long have you been here now? Two months? Well, yeah, basically two months. Um, <clears throat> I would say obviously more mature, like on the ice, knowing like when you do a mistake, like I can tell it's, you can see it more, you know, you're going to pay for it. Um, I would say, obviously, when you, you know, when you're back in, back in juniors and stuff, like you sign for a contract in the team and that's it. You're the whole year you're there. Now, you know, it's, it's a business. Hockey is a business. So you're in the team and then the next day, maybe you're not, maybe yeah. you're in another one. So it's, you know, I just learned also that your place is never just, never take your place for, like, for granted. So. But that's a that's a good thing, you know. You just learn, you learn it. You gotta you gotta work it out. You know, work hard every day, every practice. I have a good time for sure. But you know, when it's hockey time, it's like business time. Tell us a little bit about um, you know, just the 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 goals for you. You know, um, we've seen it a few times in this league. Uh, 
I mean, a good example of it is a guy like Gordy Benelli probably started in the same league, I think, in Sweden, if 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 I'm correct. Um, he definitely played overseas. It might not have been Sweden, but I'm almost – I want to say that it might have been the same league. Um, you know, is, is that what you – was that kind of – you know, we and again, obviously, um, you know, the goalie with the YouTube page um, – wasn't Sweden, not the same league, though. It was in Sweden, but mm-hmm. not the same league. Yeah. What, yeah. League, what league was it? Uh, D2. I, believe. I don't know if that was. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically the same as me, but like Division 2. Yeah, okay, yeah. got you, got you. So, and you were in what, Division 3? Division 1. Division 1. So it's like, that's not the main league, though, is it? No, you got the uh, Sweden Hockey League, and then you have Alvinskan, and then you have that league. Hockey Town. And in Hockey Town, you have three division. One, two, so and three. So the Sweden Hockey League is above? Sweden Hockey League is... Is the top, right? Is the top, yeah. Because in, in Finland, it's the Liga. Um, yeah, like, so I I, I kind of lose track of all that stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, um, what I could say is, is was that kind of your goal once you decided you were done with, with the idea of going to college or I don't know if you had the chance to play major juniors? Like, were you like, hey, you know, I'd love to try the European foreign culture thing first? Was that your idea? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, when I had the chance, I was like, yeah, I'm jumping on it, you know. It's uh, it's like a, I think that's still my goal at some point, end up in overseas somewhere. Um, but maybe just – a bit later on, you know, maybe more experienced, um, older, you know, more mature. But um, yeah, I mean, when when I had the chance, I was like, well, if I can go where I want to go, I'll, I think overseas would be great because they have so many leagues, so many like so many different levels, and then just it's an experience, you know, go out there, meet new people, uh, different lifestyle, uh, language, and then you're like. You know, Europe. Europe is pretty. It's a lot of countries in a small, for a small place, so you can like visit a lot. So yeah, I mean, that's. I think it was always like in my plan. I might have missed this. How far did you say you were from Montreal? Uh, forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. So you're in the basically the the area up there. You know, within within the reason, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, where? So, do you have a roommate now? Yes, I do have a roommate. Who you, oh, who do you got? Oh. I'm with the Bo, Bo Zinchenko. Oh, yeah? Okay. Is there a language barrier between the two of you? He speaks French. Oh, that's awesome. So, oh, yeah, sweet. he's Ukrainian, but he moved in Canada, Montreal, when he was seven. Wow. So Does he speak English? Yeah, 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 he speaks English. I never met him. No, he's one that we got to get on the show. Yeah, he'd be great <laughs> so. to get on the show next, yeah, if he wants to come in. Yeah, I'm roommate with him. How's your guy's room? Who's the neat one? Uh, it's, it's tough. I would say, <laughs> I would say me, but at the same time, just like I feel his stuff are more neat, but there's like more stuff, right? And then there's mine who's got less, but more messy. So it's like, which one's the worst? But yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the. the you know, life that. in the minors is rough. I I really haven't spent too much time over there, uh, the La Quinta, but some. But um, is your hockey stuff all over the room? Or is it just your stuff, like your regular stuff? No, it's just regular stuff, clothing and... Everything of yours is at the rink. Yeah, you know, all, everything all hockey out gear, yeah. Yeah, 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 everything yeah. is at the, the rink, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting slice of minor league life, you know. Like I I, I think that um, I don't even think the fans know, you know, especially at this <laughs> level, guys traveling from different countries to play here and stuff. You you, you two roommates, for example, and you know you you got to do your laundry, you got to eat, you got to do all these things. So so um, like when do you find? Do you have a you know it's it's I think it's tough because there's practice and then there's sometimes team things and then the the group gets together as a team what ru- what routines are you in like are you are you pretty set in routines or you kind of go with the flow uh pretty i think i'll go with the flow uh, i mean we have to practice until like in the morning then get out there by the time take a shower and then all that stuff still talk with the boys get out like noon um usually i just get something to eat and then i'll just take a nap you know naps are naps are great and then just watch some TV a little bit, and then usually my, with Bo we'll go, we'll go to the gym a little bit in the afternoon. Either let's be at three or at five, we'll find a time. And um, I mean, yeah, and at night it's either we go eat somewhere or we eat at the hotel with what we bought from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes guys want to go somewhere, somewhere as a group, and you know, usually I'll try to hop in because it's always. I mean, I'm here for the experience also, you know, so it's pretty great to go out with the boys and just have a good time. Are there any places you kind of like to go to eat around the area that's your favorite? Uh, I was hitting hard uh, craving box, $5 craving box from Taco Bell. Oh, that, man. That, that was good. That was good. But then last time I went there, I come up to the window, I tell him that what I want. He's like, yeah, well, we don't have it anymore. Damn. And I was oh. like, wait, What? And then he goes, yeah, it's ten bucks for the for the same thing. I'm like, no way. Whoa, whoa, okay. Um, but I would say, um, yeah, I would say Taco Bell was it's always something good. But like a restaurant, I would say Chili's. I love Chili's. Chili's. Interesting. Um, among your parents and your and your friends back home, is it mostly French? Oh yeah, yeah, strictly French. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you do you miss like French television and shows? Like I, I I'm pretty sure. Like the U.S. and Canada have a big divide when it comes to like what's available on streaming, right? Yeah, yeah. When I go on Netflix compared to someone here, there's different things, uh, different like you said, TV shows. Um, yeah, it's different. Uh, it's yeah. I miss I miss like watching the TV in French sometimes, but the hardest is like, I mean now I'm fortunate with Edwin Bo, so we speak French in the room. Right, right. But sometimes you know when I was in Fort Wayne, which like. Only English. Uh, you start be tough, right? You start yeah. like you want to you want to speak your your language a little bit, you know. Just it's you're missing it. When I was in Sweden, it's all in Swedish. So then I would be on the phone and just with my buddies, just to like talk talk more in French a little bit. I was like almost like annoyed to speak English. But I can imagine that it's probably gotten, even though there are probably um, limitations on stuff. I imagine that it's probably gotten better. Like in terms, like just in terms of the NHL, for example, you know they have um, with the streaming and the ESPN Plus, you have the the option for the French version and stuff like that. So, I wonder if that, um, you know, I wonder if that appeals to you. You know, uh, I mean, for hockey games, yes. Like we, our t- like our channel is gonna be in French, but then we also have the ones like in English, but for the same game. So you know, we can we can choose. Um, but yeah, or sometimes I can just I'll I'll go on Netflix and put a movie in French, 
because I, you know, I can do it because you know, just change the language. But sometimes it's better to, you know, some some movies are better in their original language. So. Where did you really learn English? Uh, I would say my prep school. Well, yeah. Because like before that, you know, and like I don't know, back home, like it's like it's like you guys taking like Spanish class. Right, right. It's like once once a day or once like, every hours, two days. Yeah. yeah, like one hour maybe. So and I would learn like like verb tense. Um, we we wouldn't have conversations. So when I moved to Hebron in Maine, that's that's when it hit hard. You yeah, know, I yeah. was just like, okay, so now I gotta think, and then like I'm thinking French, now I gotta translate it and then put it in English. Right. But at some point, it just became more like automatic. So, but it took me like I would say like a month to like catch up. So it was pretty quick. I was pretty impressed do you like do, do you still know like every i don't even know if guys care but do you like still know all the like what uh, all the lines to slap shot or no uh, <laughs> probably not no <laughs> that's funny but um, no listen uh it it's always kind of great when we get canadians here in in Danbury because um, like it kind of gives Pat and I the opportunity you know to kind of ask you you know like what what's your impression of the hockey scene here like do are you um, are, do, does it have that authentic hockey vibe for you you know uh, yeah I mean obviously I don't I don't want to give too much credit to the fans but they're they're pretty you know pretty loud they're pretty they're there for the like for us um, I mean hey they're it's one of the best fan I think it's it is the been best like fan base I've seen you know like come out after the game to like do autographs and then guys come come up to me and then like after every game they're going to be there talk to you and then like just this hoodie you know gave me that hoodie wearing a petty cash motors hoodie yeah got a, got it from from one of the guys over there so yeah I mean it's it's great you know just you can tell the fans are into it and uh gave us like so much like passion to the like, like they have so much passion to the game that's just it, like you know it comes up to us too you know like it gets me you know it's like damn that's cool so yeah i mean i love i love, I love it here um when uh have you played against all the te- well you really we don't even play against all the teams anymore right we just play no. against our bubble so you haven't gone down south or seen is this the most people you have ever played in front of uh yeah yeah definitely I mean I played once again at my high school we were like two thousand people it was pretty loud but it wasn't one time you know it it was also mandatory to all the students to be there where was it uh in Sherbrooke back home so yeah it was it was great but you know to have like every game like two thousand three thousand people just come and watch and cheer like loudly that's great it's 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 amazing. Well, you know something we sometimes ask the players, you know, um it's let's just say it's uh 1:30 in the morning after a game and you're stopping at a road stop. You know, you're stopping at a big convenience store with a gas station. What are you coming out with? Oh, um probably a bag of chips for sure. Um I'd say like a Gatorade and then either a bag of like Skittles or Anything with a lot of sugar in it, just <laughs> I think it's a classic. That does sound kind of good. Just yeah, that that sweet and salty, right? That's like the yeah, yeah, the yeah. main thing. Um, yeah, but this is what I was going for. Um, 
They are going to Carolina in a few weeks. Oh, wow. So he will get to get a taste of the, the South in this league at least. Um, That's right. Yeah, they're going down to Carolina. Was it for the second and third of February? So have you ever been down to North Carolina at all, like just for personal or no? Uh, f- no. Uh, I mean, I've been to like Florida okay. last year, but other than that, no. So Okay. So this will be like, this, this man's first to, to expect something different? No. No. Well... I don't know. I mean, based off of when we went down there, we were just more just gravitating towards that barbecue, that southern barbecue. We went for that some was, great barbecue, but you know, oh, like there's, I there's. Barbecue. I always say that it would be cool, you know, the 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 LNAH, and there's just two, you know, like it, it would never work out that there was like a Quebec team in the Fed. Just doesn't. I don't think it really adds up. There's too much senior hockey, all the junior hockey, all is it crowded, crowded. But it wouldn't it be good to get some road trip poutine? You know, which is like the real thing. You know, have you ever got real poutine? <sighs> so that means no. So you're talking about it, but you don't even know. I gotta be okay, honest. Okay, the best plate, of, the best plate of poutine I ever had was in British Columbia. It wasn't in. It wasn't in Quebec. But it was called fantastic. out on the show. No, no, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, like the real that like. Listen, we I never had like real Carolina barbecue till we went there and got it. Like yeah. I had. Some fake American uh, New York version of it, you know what I mean? But not like the real, the real thing. Real thing yeah. I mean, we were pulling over in these parking lots and these <laughs> weird barbecue shacks, right? And we were eating, man. Um, but yeah, poutine. It's been a while. I haven't eaten one, and yeah, I kind of miss it. You know, one time last year, our oh, like billet house tried to make some, but mm-hmm. it's like with French fries. Yeah. And then the like the gravy, I guess, like the the and the cheese was like cold. Oh. So I was like, wow. I mean, they tried, but like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't even close. I was like, all right, all right. Where, where, where was, where was that? In Fort Wayne. Oh man, that's oh. crazy. <laughs> Indiana poutine. Yeah, yeah not, not <laughs> it's quite. Brutal, right? Like you think maybe like on the in somewhere in northern Maine there'd be some good poutine. You know, you start to see yeah, some, yeah, probably. start to see some Canadian signs on the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? You start, yeah, probably yeah. find a bowl, of, uh, a bowl of poutine. You know, a plate, whatever. <laughs> But, um, no, yeah, it, I, I think that that's, you know, when you have the time and you go on these road trips, I think that's, that's one of the most fun parts is hopping around seeing the city. What's, you know, um, a lot of stuff went on this week. Uh, obviously, one of the biggest things is Daniel Amesbury has departed, and he's gone to Fort Wayne, Indiana himself, to play for the Comets. We're kind of still waiting on more comment from him, right? We've gotten some. Yeah, uh, but we haven't really heard much about a- anything involving the federal prospects hockey league suspension. Um, at least that I saw was was tangible. Um, so it, it's a shame. It looks like he has, for now, at least moved on to the Fort Wayne Comets and the ECHL, one of the oldest hockey teams in America. It predates the NHL a little bit. And then we had a suspension of Billy McCreary. Uh, I offered uh, Billy for me to come in and coach. You know, a familiar face. But, you know, he said, Maddie, you know, at this point, he says, I, I don't think they would get it. And I was like, you know, you got it. So uh, <laughs> so uh, that's not happening. I won't be coaching anytime soon. But uh, Billy's now out for three games, I guess. Three, yeah, games. three games. So he'll be serving half of Chase's six-game suspension. So what at this point um, is happening you know, what was the vibe in practice this week? Was Billy able to practice or he's yeah, 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 practice can be there. It's like games, right? So it's like Chaser can practice but not play games. Um, I mean, Billy've missed like a few games earlier this year mm-hmm. and, you know, 
give us a speech before the game, but uh, I think the best way he said it, it was like, he's giving us all the tools. We're we're like we're the ones on the ice, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make it happen, it's on us to do it. And I mean, I think he's, he's pretty right about it. You know, obviously he's the one giving us like everything we need, tools, like uh, systems, everything. But it's for us to put it together. So I mean, he's gonna be gone through three days, uh, three games, and I mean we gotta we gotta step up and just do the things we know we can do. Yeah, I mean it. It, it does. It does seem like we're gonna be seeing a little bit of a shuffle here with Ames gone and uh, Billy out. And I, I, I don't know exactly what the injury report is for this week, but uh, I think we have somebody banged up too. No, uh, might have been a rumor I just heard. I, I mean, I know you know Jaron Yao. You know, get yeah, is right he, on the concussion protocol. So. Is he still out? Yeah, he's still out. Yeah, I was thinking it would be yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to say or not, but um, if it was, I, I thought it might have been him that would be still out. So again, uh, a lot of tenacity on D we're missing right now without Yao in the lineup. Um, obviously, uh, even less tenacity without Daniel Amesbury around, and obviously Billy McCreary likes to shake things up when he can. So um, yeah, it, it, it's certainly uh, going to be a test this weekend. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys are going to have to step up uh, in every possible way. Um, you know, just, you know, Yowzer is a big big part of the team. Um, you know, him on D, you know, blocking shots, being like good defensively, and then go on offense and make some plays too. Um, I mean, I think we'll all, we all have to step up on D and play a better game that we do. And then, I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, I don't know how long he should be out but I mean we're it's pretty I mean we're lucky that maybe we have one just one game this weekend and he can play back when we go to uh, Carolina so I mean I think that one game we just have to all step up a little bit and get some yowzer out of us yeah this weekend um they'll be playing against the Watertown Wolves on Saturday um that's the only game that's the only only game game. yeah yeah um Tell us, I mean, what's kind of the vibe going into this weekend? I know we haven't really seen much of Watertown in at least a month, right? It's been a while, yeah. I mean, a lot of bingos and uh, stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, I think it's always good games to, you know, to watch and play. Um, I mean, the vibes, the vibes, it's, uh, I don't know yet. I don't know. I mean, just for, we had like, we had free, uh, free, uh, no ice yesterday just to like everybody get a little bit like, healthier better yeah, yeah, yeah and then we went back on on the ice today and i mean guys were you know the vibe was good you know guys were always happy i mean it, i would say every start of the week you know we're pretty you know in a good vibe good vibe we want to want to play out there we want to win and then we want to get better but also you know in positive ways so yeah i mean the vibe uh, is pretty good obviously kyle gonzalez is still out and i guess he'll be probably handling some more coaching duties probably in game What's it like to have a guy who's played, I mean, he's probably well over 100 pro games now, maybe even 200, right, with Kyle Gonzalez? Well, I was going to say pro games maybe entirely, but not um, in the Fed, at least. Yeah, not right. right. Um, Let's see. But, I mean, just having him on the bench, you know, it's and he's still a big part of the team. Um, he's always going to talk to us, give us some advice on D. Um, I mean, just I think he had his operation from his – for his back today in the uh, in the morning and mm. texted us it was fine you know it went well Good. so I mean just if everything goes well should be 
he should be able to come come back. You know, maybe it looks like he's at, run. It looks like he's at 171 uh, yeah. professional games professional played games. for. Yeah. Um. What What's the kind of stuff a guy like that is saying to you on the bench during a game? Um. You know, I would say uh, sometimes you gotta tell me. You know, Cody, like, it's a good play, but sometimes you know that that option was maybe there. Um, a lot of uh, positive uh, enforcement too. Uh, I can I can clearly see that from him. You know, I just have very often I'll go to him have a have a chat either about something on the ice or just in what's going on with me, and then we have a chat. I know he's he's there. He's a good listener and. Give me good advices, so I mean, it's clearly, it's still a big part of his team for sure. I mean, yeah, and that that's always good to hear from someone like that. You know, a veteran player, obviously taking the most out of an unfortunate situation with injury, and really just helping this team be as shaped up as it can be. Um, I don't know if we've asked the players this before, but I think I'd like to run it past Sam just in the last couple of minutes we have here. You know, we had. Um, some discussions already on the show this season about the new women's hockey league using the um, rule that a shorthanded goal ends a power play. And to ask a, a defenseman that question, I think it's very interesting. How do you feel about that rule? Uh, would you Would you be interested in trying it out? Uh, that's tough. I mean, I, I think I do, I do. Personally, no. I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> I mean, like for me, I'll be okay. Great. Like if in PK and I just hammer it down, goes in, good, and then we're like even straight now. But I don't know. It just feels like you're. You can already ice it without like having icing. So like if you just, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't think it should end power play. It gives already the team already gets a lot of energy out of it when you score on PK. Mm-hmm. Like. You don't need to. I don't know. I just think rules are fine the way they is. They are, but yeah, no, no. He's a traditionalist here, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good old hockey's always, always better. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see that rule somewhere in the hockey world sooner than later. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting when you, um, you know, I don't know how much they're doing it anymore. Um, I know that uh, Major League Baseball was using the Atlantic League to test out all these rules in independent baseball that they may try. I think the virtual umpire and stuff, the pitch count, I think it all was tested in the yeah, Atlantic League. Yep. It's all unaffiliated baseball, so it's not part of the organized baseball of the major league system. Mm. So I wonder if the Fed would someday, I mean, I, I guess they're doing it in the women's league now, right? They're testing yeah. out this rule. Be interesting to see if the Fed or the SPHL or somebody adopts that rule for at least one season to try it out because I, I, I personally think it adds a different element to a game. But as a defenseman, yeah, I mean, I probably, um, you know, I probably wouldn't like it so much. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, Sam, is there anything you want to tell the fans going into this weekend before we uh, close it out? Saturday night be there i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be fun night a good night uh hopefully we can get the 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 w for the weekend um i mean stay with us around along the road um we appreciate you guys and uh yeah love that once again sam tetro on the show again thank you for coming down thanks for coming in great chatting with you man thank you